thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you inspiring you to awaken the change within i'm karen smith and i'm cindy o'meara and the tart oh my goodness the hussy of the household she's actually off traveling the world like a little skanky two dollar crack whore <laughs> around spreading her wares from here to timbuktu this one honestly she's she's living the life of riley right now isn't she yeah, we can't track her down, can we, ever? <laughs> well, she's getting ready to launch in New Zealand. Yeah. So that's getting really, really exciting for her. And it's amazing, Cindy. We, we were just um, at the Wellness Bates camp on the weekend for our listeners who weren't there. You totes missed out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which was really cool. But, Cindy, but Kimmy is launching in New Zealand for her, on the same day as her 50th birthday which is the 28th of March. So I think we should just totally flood the Up For A Chat Facebook page with birthday wishes on that day. But don't worry, we'll talk to you again before then. Um, But she's getting ready to launch over there. And I think it's amazing to think that, you know, this time last year, it was a very different picture for her. And she was talking about that in her presentation at the Wellness Space Camp, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. Um, That she was you know, going to close the doors. It was just all getting a little bit hard. And, mm. um, and then she ended up getting um, a partner. So, and now all of a sudden it's all turned around and they're launching in New Zealand and, um, yeah, life's going really well for her. I, see, I don't know about you, Karen, because I know you're almost a one-man show. I know you have um, assistants and people that help you. Mm. But, like, I have Howard. I, you know, Howard runs the show yeah, I get out there and I'm the face of the show. So I'm the creative director. He's the managing director. Whereas Kim's very creative and she's the creative director, the managing director, the general manager that, you know, she, she was doing everything and it's, it's hard. Um, oh, the everything, you, you cannot be, um, you know, a master of many things. You're usually a master of one, mm. um, just a, a, you know, a hack at the rest. And for me... Isn't that what they say? Jack of all trades, master of none? Yeah, exactly. And I think you need to be a master. And and we've learnt that in the book, the, I think it's The Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. He talks about um, how do you become a master? And it's practice. And he he says it's the, the magic number is 10,000 hours. Oh, that's right. That's right. I was just actually thinking about that then. I'm just going to Google this, the outliers. Yeah, the outliers. And so he's, his thing is, is that, you know, it's 10,000 hours being at the right place at the right time. So a little bit of luck happening there. Although mm. when he says luck, I'm more about Manifest, manifesting there, like really putting it out to the universe that this is what you want. So he gives a really good example of the Beatles. So the Beatles were outliers in that, you know, they're a, a group of from millions of groups around the world, music groups around the world, who made it big and are still big to this mm-hmm. very day. And he talked that about the fact that they went to Germany, I think it was for two to three years, and they practised basically by playing every single night in Germany um, for that amount of time, which he 
realised was around the 10,000 hours. They played every night um, for a long time. So, and he talks about um, Bill Gates in Microsoft and he had this opportunity when he was 13 and that was the 70s to be involved in, a com in, in computers. Um, and, you know, he just became addicted to computers. So by the time he became uh, Microsoft, he had done well over 10,000 hours. Um, and, and I'm sure if we go through the many people that have done very well in their lives, they are masters of one thing but not a jack-of-all-trades. Absolutely. Yeah. So what did you find on the internet? I can't remember all the other steps because I read the outliers quite a few years ago, but I do remember the, those magic formulas that he talked about. Yeah, I'm just looking it up now because I've just actually, sorry, got distracted and purchased the book on my Audible. <laughs> <laughs> it's really easy to read. You'll love it. It's... Um, mm. It's, yeah, I, I really enjoyed reading it. And I had a, a beautiful um, professional say to me one day, um, you're an outlier, Cindy, um, which I knew what he was talking about. You know, if I didn't know what an outlier was, I'd be thinking, he thinks I outright lie? Is that what he's saying? I'm outlier? Oh, that's no. <laughs> but I knew what he was talking about and I said, thank you. You know, I know that that's, that's something um, that is worth being called. And... And I know I've done more than 10,000 hours of nutrition for the last, you know, when I started my nutrition 37 years ago. So I know I've done my 10,000 hours and the right things have come along at the right time for me. Now, whether you call that luck or manifesting, that's up to you, but I call it a little bit of manifesting um, or a lot of manifesting as I got to understand um, the energy and the universe. So, yeah. It says here that he... Um, he, he was able to write about the psychology experiments, social studies, sociological studies, law articles, statistical surveys of plane crashes and classical musicians and hockey players, which he then converts into, into um, prose, which is acceptable to the general audience and which sometimes passes as memes. And I, thought that, I think that's quite interesting because from what he's written, because um, he's also written at the tipping point, Yes, and also Blink, which are two of my favourite books, absolutely mm. fabulous as well. I didn't realise that. Yeah, he's a wonderful writer and there's a new book that he's got out, but I haven't, or maybe it's not that new, but after I'd read his three books, I, um, I looked at this uh, other one that he wrote, wrote and it was a picture of a dog I think in a lounge room, what the dog, I, and I don't remember the name of it, but I just decided that, Oh, what the dog saw. What the dog saw, yeah. I just, I just didn't ever got round to reading it, so maybe that's another one I need to maybe download on my Audible and listen to when I'm in the car. It says it was published in 2009. It bundles together his favourite articles from The New Yorker since he joined the magazine as a staff writer. Ah, is that um, what that was? Okay. The stories share a common theme, namely that Gladwell tries to show us the world through the eyes of others, even if that other happens to be the dog. I love that. <laughs> of course you do, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> How interesting. Yeah, well, he definitely does talk about the thousand hours here. This is what I can see mainly on his, on his writings is that thousand hours of practiced time. Mm. Oh, is it thousand, not 10,000? 10, 10,000. No, it's 10,000. Oh, good. I was going to say, geez, I did a thousand ages ago. <laughs> no, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, 10,000 hours. 
Fabulous. Well, I've just bought that, everybody. Go ahead, buy that. Actually, you know what we should do? We should put an affiliate link for Amazon up here for all of the books that we recommend and read yeah. um, for all of, our, all of our listeners because it could be like a whole book club. Oh, Cindy. Yeah. That could be fun, a book club. Oh, I used to belong to a book club. I loved it. I absolutely loved being in a book club. It was when my children were in high school and um, actually Kim was in our book club and it was years and years ago. Actually, I think Kim introduced me to all of these people and um, I went into it because of her and I think Fleur was in it as well. And you know what? The book that stands out, there were two books that stood out the most and that was The Shack and The Red Tent. Two books that really stood out to me as books that really made a difference to the way I thought about things Um, and, yeah, I loved them. But what was interesting is with all the women that that we spoke with um, in the book club, some of them hated The Shack, absolutely hated The Shack. And The Shack is now a a movie. It came out last year uh, and it's got an Australian... um, actor in it and like it, it did the book very well it, it does it very well so if you don't want to watch the book watch the movie the shack and the red tent of course is about um jacob um and the multicolored coat or joseph and the multicolored coat and his father jacob and um jacob um of course had a harem <laughs> basically as he, you do yes he was he had a polygamous marriage and they were all sisters and whenever they had their cycles, they would go to the red tent and they would spend three days um, in the red tent while they had their cycle. Or if they had a baby, they would spend a month in the tent together. All the women, no men were allowed in the tent. It was just that's what they did. And so it's the story of the only girl that is born to Jacob um, and the rest are all boys and she's the only girl. So it's her life and her name's Dinah. And it's her life with all the women or all the sisters in the red tent and, um, yeah, and, and beyond, of course, but it's fascinating reading. I think that sounds fabulous. Actually, I've had a couple of girlfriends read it and develop businesses out of that book. Oh. Um, yeah, two of my really good girlfriends actually read the book and then decided to create networking groups that have gone on to be massive successes purely because they've modelled from that, that kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's been really amazing. Oh, is that amazing? Yeah, so we, we did read some good books, but they were the two that really, really stood out for us. Well, while we've been talking, Cindy, just so that all of our listeners know, I have personally just created an Up For A Chat book club on Facebook. I will post the link onto the Facebook page where everybody can go into that, into that um, closed group and post their book reviews on the best books that they've read. And if we just keep it updated, there'll always be something new and exciting there that we can be reading as recommendations from all of us together. What do you think? Oh my gosh, you're such an action girl. That I is, know, right? I you know. are an action girl. I, I can hear you always tapping away, and, <laughs> and and I know you're up to something, or you're purchasing something, or you're so so far you've got the outliers, and yes, you've created a book, book club for up for chat. Brilliant idea. I love yes. it. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So I'll put the, I'll put the link on the <laughs> on the page. Yeah. Anyway. Let's talk about what we're talking about today. Yeah. The, the wellness um, base camp that we did um, on, on Saturday. Look, 
I don't know about you, Karen, but I had a lot of people come up to me and say they'd been following us and that we had changed their lives. Um, and we all know that we just give information, they change their own lives, but this is, you know, what they were saying. So we're, we're really happy that people are acting on what we talk about. But what I wanted to talk about, rather than, you know, people coming up and praising us, what I want to talk about, Karen, is I loved your presentation. I don't know how you do it, but you come up with something new every time I hear you. And what's scary is that I say the same thing. <laughs> I never change. I just say it in a different way. Like, oh my God, Cindy, you've never said the same thing twice. <laughs> I feel like every time I'm asked to do a talk, I go, well, I just say the same thing I have for the last 30 years or so. <laughs> change much at all. I just say, get off the sad diet and eat real food. That's it. It's, it's not. It's not hard. It's not hard. But for some reason I listen to you and I go, she must read and do science articles and, you know, learn all this stuff. So, Karen, would you you like to give us a brief? Yes, yes. It was 35 minutes we had each, but I I just loved your... um, yeah, what, what I, I heard from you, it was, it was brilliant, especially considering cannabis is um, going to be something that can be prescribed by um, our doctors. Um, I do believe it's going that way, although some of my doctor friends have said that they're not allowed to even think about prescribing um, cannabis. They're in the health system, in the public health system, not the private health system. So I thought... I actually thought that it had been legalised and that they could prescribe it, but the challenge that they faced was that no one has um, figured out the quantities for each illness, therefore it's all too hard and they're not doing it. I actually, I actually heard that it had been legalised here yeah. because there was no... Um, you know, that the, the, there hadn't been enough study done to say, okay, so you need this much you know, for this illness or whatever. So I was reading The Australian last week um, yeah. and the only reason I read The Australian because I wouldn't buy it um, is to do the crossword. But every now and then I finish the crossword and I haven't finished my coffee so I think, oh, I'll just read what's in it. Anyway, I was reading The Australian and this was only last week and it basically... I'm sorry, I've got people, I'm, I've got people complaining at me. I'm in Sydney and they're really upset with me. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I'm really noisy. Sorry, guys, I'm going to come in here. Oh, too funny. She was just screaming at me. Oh, no, we can't have that. I oh, know. She just pulled over and I think she says, you're noisy. We're working in here too. And I didn't think I was that loud. <laughs> you're never that loud. Gosh, who's being so sensitive? Oh, anyway, it's fine. It's never fine. mind. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, where was I? I'm totally distracted. Uh, you were talking about cannabis and it being legalised here in Australia and you were oh, reading. Australian, yes. Yes. So, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm reading the Australian and um, it basically said that um, cannabis has not been studied enough. We don't know all the interactions. Yeah. Um, and, and it went on and on and on. And, I, and you know what I did? I had a pen in hand because I'd just done a crossword. And I wrote on the side of it, oh, and yes, and all those drugs 
that you say you've studied and you haven't properly and they're just pushed through the FDA, you, you, you're okay giving them to people but you're not okay giving something like that to people. And I, oh, I wrote on the side. <laughs> Good on you. I just thought, well, I can't do an email, you know, so. Yeah. But what strikes me is cu- it's curious about that and, you know, I, in my 35 minutes I really didn't have a lot of time to dive into too much given I was actually talking about presence. Yeah. Um, but what strikes me as remarkably curious is that, and this is one of my first slides that I put up, is but in 1988 scientists discovered that there was a receptor site in the, neuros- in the neurological cells um, that were THC, cannabis, receptor sites. And they were specifically, um, the shape of them was specifically for the THC uh, molecule. And science was baffled to wonder why would the brain come pre-wired with, with THC receptor sites. So then they did more studies and then they found that, that the THC molecule is exactly the same in shape and size as another molecule which is, um, which is naturally produced in the brain called anandamide. So anandamide has the same effect. Well, THC mimics the same effects on the body that anandamide has. So anandamide can be obtained. Um, so it's a neurotransmitter, and it can be the it, it can the body can be stimulated to to generate anandamide or create anandamide by eating um, black truffles, uh, parsley, celery, tea, uh, dark chocolate, the purest of dark chocolate, um, through exercise, moderate sort of exercise through. Um, Flow, so when we're, when we're in the zone. Oh, and chili. Chili. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So these are all ways that we, and, and one of the highest ways, of, one of the, the, the greatest ways to get the brain to produce an andamind is through meditation, which was what my presentation was actually all about. But when I was putting all my presentation together, I thought to myself, how bizarre. I mean, how incredibly bizarre. The brain actually has a receptor site there that will take THC, yet science would rather have us take antidepressants or other, other chemically-based drugs that the body doesn't have a receptor site for, claiming that it's, you know, um, it's, it's altering brain chemistry when there's been absolutely no proof of that. In all of the years, there's been no proof of that. So much so that, you know, Zoloft has got over $10 million in legal claims from families whose children or, or, or um, family members have committed suicide from being on the, on the antidepressant. Now, that, I only recognise that one because that's the one that I used to take. <clears throat> oh, okay. Myself, for goodness sake. Oh. You know, it's almost as if the body is wired for this for some reason. Granted, it's obviously it's for, it's for a natural production of, of of the neurotransmitter but it's you know and, and, and ayurvedic medicine has actually known that anandamide has been like creating a high in the body and yogis have been accessing anandamide for five thousand years and interestingly enough i was reading a book that was written i don't know gosh back in the time of the bhagavad gita so that was thousands of years ago and they talk about anandamide 
Oh my gosh. And an anandamide is the Sanskrit word for joy, bliss, and happiness. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Joy, bliss, and happiness. Yeah. So we can access or we can create that sensation of almost being stoned while being completely awake and completely aware. And it's been interesting actually because I listen to a lot of Eastern philosophy. I've probably been studying it for about six years, seven years now. And they often spoke of um, being able to be stoned or being able to be high while being totally aware. And I thought, oh, you know, that sounds a bit fictitious to me. But now that I've read this and then I've come onto my computer and I've said, right, what what does Western science tell me about that? And I thought, bloody hell, Western science only discovered this back in 1992, actually. Mm. And yet we're still arguing that it's a valid it's a, it's, it's a valid mechanism for healing and for health. I, I, I find it curious. I find it really curious. But, of course, there hasn't been a lot of studies done yet, and obviously there will be. But like um, I always say, science is only learning what the body has known for millions of years. Oh, God, Cindy, you are so right. Oh, when I, I never think that you, ever, you say the same thing all the time, girlfriend. You never do. Oh, I don't, oh, I'm goodness. blown away by when I read something and the complexity of, of, of the human body. Like I was just reading um, an article that basically was compiling a summit that was done in the US last year in 2017 and it was about the gut-brain connection and all of the intricacies of the gut-brain connection from the vagus nerve to the microbiome, to the enteric nervous system, the immune system, you know, which is 70% is sitting in your gut, um, the autonomic nervous system from the parasympathetic to sympathetic. It was just, you know, and then they were going into the intricacies of the metabolites that each micro, microbe in the microbiome releases and what it creates and how it changes your thought patterns. It was like, wow. you know, and, and when you hear this, you just kind of go, we're never going to know. No. All the, the intricacies of all the metabolites that these microbes make and the genetics that they impose themselves on, whether they turn them on or off, and what about all the neurotransmitters that we make, um, we're never going to know, you know, how that happens. And, and when you look like just at the vagus nerve, Mm. you know, 95% of the stuff is going from the gut to the brain, not the brain to the gut. And, and, you know, we have terminology like um, I have a gut feeling about that. I'm gutted, Uh, you know, terminology like, like Kimmy says I'm gutted all the time. So, (laughs) yeah, just, just, you know, comments like that. I, I think we have no idea yet, but we've been talking about it for ages, like butterflies in my tummy. I've been talking about that for 50 years oh <laughs> and everybody else has too, but we didn't realize that, you know, how, how intricate that mind body is. And they've just recently changed the name of um, IBS and functional bowel disease yeah. to disorders of the gut brain interaction. I actually saw you put a Facebook post up about that today. Yeah. Or was that yesterday? Oh, who knows when I put it up. <laughs> but, yeah, I just I went to um, an amazing talk by a gentleman, you're going to laugh, by the name of Dr. Henry Butt. On oh, dear, dear, dear. 
Mm. Oh, she dear. Dr. Emily Bartikon poo <laughs> sampling. Oh, and, of course. Um, <laughs> yes, of course. And, um, yeah, he, he said, hey, by the way, it's just been, you know, we've renamed it. And so we know that when you have a bad gut, you're, your brain won't work as well and vice versa. If you're thinking negative thoughts, your gut will be stressed and you'll have problems. And stress, by the way, is a big part of gut health. Oh, it'd be massive. Mm. I'd actually be interested to explore that, you know, because we have, oh, gosh, and the number escapes me again because the gut is where we produce, um, what is it, 80% of our dopamine? Uh, yes, actually 95% of our serotonin is serotonin. produced in the gut. I'm not sure about the nine. I think you're right about the 70% of the dopamine is produced in the gut, yeah. So when we're stressed and or depressed even and anxious and, you know, all of that sort of stuff can kind of go to hand in hand, but when we're stressed and we can't digest food properly and we start feeling irritable and all that sort of stuff, what what's actually happening to the um, what's happening to the gut at that point? Like what is what's actually happening to it? Because you feel it all contorting, you feel all the muscles like pulling and contorting. Because then when you get the butterflies or the anxiety, or well, more anxiety than butterflies, but when you get that full on anxiety or you get that full on stress, like if that's what's if 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 if, if the gut is producing so much of our serotonin and so much of our dopamine or our feel goods that it's only natural that we're going to feel so crap. And then you keep that sustained over a long period of time, which in today's society, most people are sustaining that for most of their lives. So what's the actual, like, what's the effect of that? Well, we, we know that the vagus nerve, which connects the brain to most of the gut right through to the proximal um, colon, so the large bowel. So it, it connects with a, a lot. Um, it, it is a parasympathetic um, cranial nerve, which means it's about rest and digest. So when you're stressed, you go into your sympathetic and you depress your parasympathetic. So you go into a fight or flee mannerism which means that you don't need to digest you don't need to have fertility you don't need any of those things you just need to run like hell with your arms and your legs so all the blood goes to your arms and your legs it goes away from the brain so you don't think right you become more anxious more depressed so that that's one mechanism another mechanism is um the 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 fact that we do produce the serotonin the dopamine um and the noradrenaline and that then hits the nervous system and is a neurotransmitter, so it's a messenger. And if you've decreased the amount of dopamine you're making or the amount of serotonin you're making, then it, depending on which one, dopamine usually makes you alert, um, hypes you up, gets you going, makes you motivated, inspires you. That, that's what that does. But you've also got to have serotonin, which calms you down, relaxes you, um, and just, you know, pulls you back down to earth because you can't stay on that high all the time. So depending on, you know, what's happening, they know that the minute you get stressed, you decrease the microbiomes, uh, or not decrease, but you change the microbiome. By changing the microbiome, which makes the neurotransmitters for serotonin and dopamine in the gut, 
and stress does that. We know it, it does it in an instant um, where we're actually having that interaction happen again. Stress changes the immune system. 70% of the immune system is in the gut. That then interplays with the rest of the body, including the brain. Uh, the enteric nervous system that lines the gut, uh, which is a large percentage of, um, of the autonomic nervous system, is also being interacted with maybe metabolites, um, metabolites, sorry, of um, the microbiome. So I love how you read an article and it'll go, we know this is happening. We're just not sure <laughs> how it's happening. And, you know, and they have doubt. Um, they actually have doubt about how, how is this doing this. Well, so I think even if there's a lot of systems at play there, it's not just stress and then affecting the gut. It's like it's a, it's a whole body experience. You know, that's why you can get goosebumps straight away. That's a whole body experience. You know, somebody says something to you and you just, you get goosebumps or you, you know, you have butterflies in your stomach. Like you're, you're being told you won't care, but somebody who's never spoken in public before, you're going, you have to go out there. There's a thousand people out there. You're going to have to talk to them. Imagine what that does to people. Oh, it makes them feel sick. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Well, one of the questions that came up when we were on stage was from one of the women who I'd spoken to earlier. She was interesting, actually. She came to my table and she said to me, you know, Karen, I've done everything, I've tried everything, and I just wanted to know whether the mindset or what I think and my thoughts and emotions and stress and all that has any link to my gut. And I said to her, oh, my goodness. I said, how long have you been wondering about that? And she was like six, seven years. And she said that she's done everything physically possible that she can think of to do, but she's still not right. She's, she's still not, not feeling great. So she came up with the question asking, does the anandamide have a link to gut health? Uh. And you and I Googled that when we were on stage. But I think my answer was very similar in that everything is linked. Like what starts the mind manifests in the body, what manifests in the body affects the mind. It's like this cycle, Not, nothing is separate. And whereas I think modern medicine would have us believe that everything is separate and functions in isolation, the reality is very different. Um, and, and I think, what, Karen, yeah. it's really interesting because it's always been mechanistic. That's medicine. It's um, a very mechanistic thing where they, they look from above and then they narrow down, narrow down, narrow down, narrow down, narrow down, narrow down. And then they say, oh, saturated fat is bad for the heart or salt is bad for hypertension or sugar is bad for diabetes. You know, instead of looking, going back up and looking down on the human being and realising the connections the sun, the exercise, the food, the thoughts, all interplay. And the fact that they have now changed functional bowel disease and IBS oh. to, you know, disorders of the gut-brain interaction is like, it's just, it's just, they're, they're changing. They have, they have to change, you know. It's, they can't just say, a gastro, you know, go to a gastroenterologist because you've got a gut issue. Yeah. Go to a rheumatologist because you've got, you know, arthritis. Uh, go to a gynecologist because you're a female. <laughs> you know, we've got more than just that female bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go to a psychiatrist. You know, they don't even think about what you're eating or what's in the gut. It's just, you know, I listen to, I know I talk about Kelly Brogan a lot, but I listen to Kelly Brogan and she said, I was the specialist of 
giving drugs to postnatal women. You know, I was the specialist. I was the best at it. Oh, my God. Yeah, and now she, she wants to get all women off medication. She wants to empower women. And hers is very much about meditation, by the way, Karen. You know, she, right? she does transcendental, I think, meditation. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think, what's the yoga she does? Um, Kundalini? Oh, Kundalini. Mm. Kundalini yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Me, why, why Kundalini? I don't know enough about it. You obviously do. Yeah, well, Kundalini is beautiful, very unique. And there are lots of different meditation styles, but Kundalini has it as its own meditation. It has its own yoga style. And it's all designed to awaken this coil of feminine energy that sits, it's believed to sit at the base of the spine. And through different meditation strategies and techniques and different yoga, um, it, wake, it awakens the energy and then the energy begins to rise up through the spine. And what's really interesting, when I've done a kundalini yoga class and then I've done a kundalini meditation session afterwards, I've sat there and felt my body swaying or rocking around in circles. And I never feel that. I never, ever feel that. And it's very subtle, but I can definitely feel myself doing it. And I've asked many questions online of a couple of the gurus that I follow who specialize in that. And they'll say, yeah, absolutely. That's the first indicator that you've started to awaken that powerful feminine energy that ideally is to rise up through the spine and then through the crown chakra. Um, and there are, they, there's a, a system that extends beyond the crown chakra. There's the seventh and the eighth chakra. And then there's actually 114 chakras around the body, or 144. Joe Dispenza talked about that. Um, mm. he says we miss a lot of the chakras and, you know, we both love Joe Dispenza. Oh, true. Uh, by the way, he's coming to Australia. Maybe we should have an affiliate link for this one too. I think we should. Yes, I think we should. He's coming to Australia October 22nd to 28th. It's a seven-day, um, I'm going. There's no way I'm missing this. Yeah, I'm going. Um, I'm in seven days. They haven't started booking yet. I know I've been on his booking page and they, they haven't released tickets, but it is on the Sunshine Coast. Oh, shut up. Is it really? <laughs> it is. The 22nd to 28th? Of October oh. 2018. Yep. Done. So I think we should do an affiliate link for that so that, you know, we'll know who's coming on, on our Up for a Chat page and maybe we can, you oh. know, have a little bit of a gathering together. Look, it's going to be amazing, absolutely amazing. What would be fabulous would be to do a couple of podcasts with all of the people that come from Up for a Chat. Oh, that would be wonderful. In actual fact, um, what's really hilarious is I knew he was coming in October because when I was in Las Vegas in August at his um, progressive weekend, which he said was his last progressive weekend basically, um, and I came home to you and said, you need to do the progressive. You need to be the one that's yeah. doing it yeah. for him because if he's not going to do it, somebody has to do it. Because to me, I don't get it. I'm like, like it's like the wellness base camp. I like to be there. I want to listen to that person instead of just reading their stuff. I don't, there's something about live. I don't know what it is. There's something powerful about live and being immersed in everybody and everything that's happening within in that so he, anyway i went up to his pa and i said oh when are you coming to australia i'd really like to do it can you give me a, a month at least and she said we don't know where it's going to be but it'll be october so i booked out the whole of october <laughs> <laughs> until he got his dates and then he only got his dates i think about a week ago so oh, for people great. who are keen to go to joe dispenza which will be 
about all the chakras and he does the science behind meditation and, mm. and how it affects the you know the neurons and the connections in the brain what wires together fire no what fires together wires together you know that's his one of his big things he mm. he just says you keep firing them off they're going to wire together whether it's good or bad um, so you might as well fire the good ones you know and do the right thing and then wire that together to make it um, a really important part of your life yeah and they say what's what uh, the longer they fire together the stronger they wire together yeah that, uh, there you go See, yeah you're doing the progressive okay <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening here's your girl <laughs> <laughs> oh bless, bless you, harsh. So actually I've, I've i've i'm doing his um progressive online at the moment oh he's already taken it online and it's really just video footage of him speaking at a at a church organization yeah yeah so um it's not bad it's not bad it's i think it would have been much better to do it live yeah well, but he sends when you you sign up for the progressive, he sends you the whole progressive on video, yeah, right. which I didn't watch. I listened to. I figured I haven't got two days to sit and watch it, but I have two days to listen. So I might have um, downloaded and listened to it on the plane, or when I was driving, or you know, I, I listened more than I watched. Mm. And I listened, listen, 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 listen. I go, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I get there. And it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it's not till Saturday at 2 p.m. that I, the penny dropped. So I'd, I'd listened to the whole progressive. Yeah. But it was 2 o'clock Saturday before the penny dropped as to what this was all about. And, yeah, I have such a wonderful memory of that three days um, in, Las, in Las Vegas. Um, but it was out in the countryside. That's the really good thing. It was, um, I can't remember where it was, but it was, out in the desert and you weren't in the lights and I couldn't have stood that, you know, especially doing um, that progressive. But, yeah. So meditation um, is really important for calming the gut down and calming the brain down and giving you that that hormone, that neurotransmitter. What is it? Anna? Anandamide. Anandamide. I've got to, Anandamide. I don't remember how to say it. It's part of, um, they're, they're, they're saying that what's in the body is what's called an endocannabinoid system. Endocannabinoid. Endocannabinoid system. All these new words. I know, right. <laughs> um, but what they're saying is that um, there's a, just coming back to that gut link, they're saying that there's a direct link between the endocannabinoid system and the... Um, uh, and, and its control of a variety of gastrointestinal functions, including motility, gut-brain-mediated fat intake and, higher sign- and hung- hunger signalling, inflammation and gut permeability and dynamic interactions with gut microbiota. It, it's, it's fascinating. Um, and, 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 and interestingly enough, here, they've got keywords. Endocannabinoid, enteric nervous system, gut brain, microbiome, peristalsis, vagus nerve. Yep, there we go. It's all there. All there. Oh my goodness. So we're talking about the same thing, but yeah. you're much more scientific. <laughs> oh, you know, like I read these science articles, and um, like the, the one I'm reading at the moment, um, which is on the gut brain axis, it's uh, what's it called? 
Uh, I can't even, where's the beginning? Oh, here it is. It's called Stress and the Gut-Brain Access Regulation by the Microbiome. So, it's, you know, this is an article and it's, it was uh, put out in 2017. Um, you know, it's a published article. But I love it. It says that findings such as what we're talking about right now yeah. have contributed to a paradigm shift in neuroscience and psychiatry such that the early development and later function of the brain may be modified by targeting the microbiome. So they're saying we need to target this uh-huh. at birth as opposed to um, thinking about it when we're adults. It's really important with, um, you know, they talk about in the movie Microbirth and they talk about um, the importance of a vaginal birth because that's when we seed our microbiome with our mother's um, bacteria. And if we come through the skin, which is a C-section, then what we're doing is we're putting skin bacteria into the, the, the baby. Um, and that's the l- last thing you want because often there's staph in there um, and it's a very different microbiome than what comes through, you know, the vaginal wall. So there's, you know, and what we do also know is that it's a generational effect. So let's say if my grandmother was affected um, by the arsenic and the lead and the DDT that was sprayed on the cornfields of Iowa, USA, and then my mother was exposed to that and then I'm exposed to that, then my children then have been exposed to a lessening of the microbiome. Um, and thus now what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of children um, with autism, ADD, ADHD, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, so we're starting and anxiety and depression and panic attacks. Like I, I know this young girl, um, she's not even a teenager, and I watch her have panic attacks. Oh, my. Unbelievable panic attacks. Um, and it's over animals, believe it or not, Karen. <laughs> oh, look, I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> panic attacks over, you know, over dogs. Gee. She just, and she's as tall as her dad now. Like she's getting really tall as a 10-year-old and she jumps onto his waist because she has panic attacks. And she's, you know, her life is, is, is and, 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 and I've seen it since she was a, a young girl. So where does that come from? Where is it that? The, the panic, the, that, that level of, of anxiety, because that can't, that, you know, Joe Dispenza talks about those sorts of things potentially sometimes even being genetic, you know, handed down generation from generation, as you're saying. But is it, is it not um, <laughs> our cellular genetics, but is it the genetics of the bacteria that we hold within us? Well, this is what I'm, I'm, and I'm literally, I'm just asking the question as I'm trying to wrap my head around what you're saying um, with the relationship to that. Is that, tr- is, is that possible? Most definitely. That we could have such a psychological response. I suppose it does make sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, the, with Dr. Bart, um, we learnt that um, when one species is low and another species is high, you can definitely expect uh, anxiety, depression, panic, um, or OCD behaviour. He says it's, it's, it's almost 100, not, I don't think it was 100%, it was like 80 or 90% of, mm. of patients. That, uh, so what he does is that you give a poo sample, but he also asks you a bunch of questions, and the questions are all mind questions. They're not necessarily gut questions. They're all mind questions, yet you're giving your poo out. 
and he asks you at the end of the questionnaire, would you like this to be part of our research? Now, he's been doing this for years and years and years. Like back in the 90s, he went to a gastroenterologist and said, I'd really like to do a study with you um, and it's on uh, leaky gut and the microbiome. And he said he was in the room five minutes. The gastroenterologist looked at him and said, there is no such thing as a leaky gut. Um, And no, I don't want anything to do with you. (laughs) This was, he had been a a clinical microbiologist and had started to see um, gut issues and mind issues. And so he wanted to, you know, do a study with this guy. He was an eminent doctor in uh, St. Vincent's Hospital, I think it was in Melbourne, and he totally dismissed um, Dr. Butt. Um, probably because of his name, who knows? But <laughs> look, I would have changed that because that's just so that's just so uncivilized. Perfect, especially when that's what you do for a living. Exactly, but it's perfect. You're never going to forget. <laughs> it just wouldn't, would you? And he's just the most beautiful, beautiful man. And he actually showed me where his name came from. So he's actually Asian. He's Chinese. Okay. And he showed me the character of his name. Um, and the character of his name is actually field and yield. So um, when you look at the character, it looks like four fields, and when you look at the yield, it looks like it, something has been reaped, and then mnemonically it all ended up as but, and that was his Caucasian name. And so he took it on. You know, that was, that was the Caucasian name that he took on. But when you actually see the character of his, of his Chinese name, yeah, it's wow. about fields and yields. And I think about it, we look at the fields of the, the microbiome um, or the fields of the, of the gastrointestinal tract and where there is no microbiome or very little, where there's lots, and the yields of the microbiome and how they give us health. So I, he's the perfect, Dr. Oh. Bart is just perfect for this. You know, he was made for this. He was, he was, he was named this. Yes. But he, he's talking about that he is seeing a pattern. When one's down and one's up, this is what you'll get. When this one is producing this metabolite, this is what you're going to get. If this one's doing this, this is what you're going to get. And it's not actually in 100%. I realise there was never a a clear-cut thing, but it was in a large percentage um, of people. And and it's all becoming a little bit mainstream, this this gut-brain interaction now. And um, in actual fact, I'm in Sydney right now and tomorrow, um, and this will come out tomorrow, so everyone's going to miss it anyway. But I'm on um, this, um, what is it, Channel 10's... um, Studio 10? Studio 10, that's it. I'm on Studio 10 talking about the gut-brain axis and the interaction between the two. Yeah. How great that they've got you on there. Oh, look, it's so exciting that we're now talking about this, whereas, you know, here Dr. Butt tried to talk to a gastroenterologist about it and he just dismissed it. Did he ever do his study then? Sorry? Did he ever go ahead and do his study? Did he do it by himself? Yeah. So this is what he's doing now. So he has a company called Bioscreen, um, which is down in Melbourne, and, you know, he collects poo samples and he collects these questionnaires, asks if they can be in a study, if he can use them for a study, um, that they'll be anonymous, but he just needs to know how they're feeling. And then he looks at, you know, the variability of bacteroides. So, look, it was just, and, and what I loved about oh. him, he's a real scientist and he's all about, we use this antibiotic for this and this antibiotic for that. But he's actually changing and he's realising that it's no good wiping it all out. So he's starting to talk about essential oils, 
Um, And he was also talking about broths. He said, if you've got a low count of bacteroides and a low variety of bacteroides, so there's not a lot of um, variety in it, so you can have many species of bacteroides. If you only have two or three, he talks about the symptoms you'll have. And he said, this is the way you get your bacteroides back, eating broth. He said five to six times a day you must drink broth. Get rid of coffee, teas and everything like that and replace them with this broth. And he says, we know that this works to increase the diversity of the bacteroides. Good grief. Yeah, yeah. So he, he was great. And he, he also talked about, um, you know, what, what he believed would help, you know, like um, like omega-3s. Um, it, it was all in the food. Turmeric, he, he talked about glucosamine, GABA. So he's changing his ways. Um, maybe his Chinese medicine past that he might have had is, is starting to really look at, or well, let's look at natural ways that we can do this. I think, I think antibiotics have their place in um, getting rid of um, a bacteria that may be causing absolute havoc to the, not only the gut but the brain and perhaps the immune system. Um, so they may have their place. I don't have enough knowledge on them, so I can't tell you what's right for, for whatever it is. Um, but, I th- you know, we're learning to do it naturally and we're learning to understand it. But some people are in such a mess. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I know you hate this, but it's going to be big, a big topic and that's FMTs, fecal microbial transplants, where um, people, they're doing it actually now with people who've got an overgrowth of C. diff, um, which is one of the Clostridium diffidus, I can never say, anyway, diff, Clostridium <laughs> Um, it, um, they will um, do a, my, my, uh, a fecal microbial, microbial transplant um, in the US. That, that's the time they'll do it because they know they can crowd it out by using other bugs from somebody else, uh, not via the mouth but the other way. <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I knew you'd love it. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's very exciting. And, you know, because you're so into the brain, Karen, oh. that's why you're touching on this because now we're realising that unbelievable, like, you know, that unbelievable link that's there. And I think about you and, and how you changed. Um, and yours was, I think, from brain to gut. Would I be right in saying that? You w- were more about getting the mind right and maybe mm. that fixed everything else up? Yeah, it's really interesting. I had this conversation with my mum just last week and because I, you know, I said to her I was, you know, going to watch what I was eating and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, my mum sits there eating a Turkish delight and then a, you know, a, a, yeah. (laughs) And then she had a chocolate eclair after that. And then I said to her mother, I said, really? I said, do you think you should have that? And she said, oh, darling, everything in moderation, you know, you should just have everything in moderation. That's what my mother said. And I said, yeah, but food was different back then. And I said to her, you know, I said, what's really been fascinating was been for me on this journey specifically with you, Cindy, is it's almost, it, and, I, and I really got it when I was researching for the anandamide. I really got it. It was like I started the brain. You've always been about the gut. And now I, I'm, you know, like, it's almost like we're meeting in the middle almost. It's almost like it's, mm-hmm. The, the the two are so intrinsically linked that to study one without the other 
now I, for myself, because I've only ever done the psychology, I've only ever been interested in the, the neuroscience, the neurotransmitters, the peptides. I've only really been interested in that brain stuff and I've never cared too much for the body. Mm. They just thought, oh, well, you know, that'll do, it'll do. But, you know, I just really want to know about the whole thought process thing. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's fascinating because now with what you're saying about the bacteria and that affecting the way that a person has their moods or their, you know, their whole psychological drama unfold, is be, you know, it can be because of bacterial imbalances. I'm blown away. I want to know more about that. I want to know more. Oh, wow. I, I should give you my notes. In a day, I typed up 17 pages from Dr. Bart. Um, Did you? Yeah, I just, I just kept typing because it was so interesting in what he was saying because he was more specific. I've been very general. You know, we know this. But there's a, new, um, there's a couple of new sciences coming out, and one is called metagenomics, which is the metabolite of the bug affecting your genes to turn them on and off. <laughs> so, again. okay, so, so uh, let, let me go um, to what we know. So the first thing is epigenetics. So epigenetics means above the gene. So that means the atmosphere you're in, the oxygen um, yep. you have, the connections you have, the sunshine you get, the, the water that you drink, you know, all of that is your epigenetics. You know that. So the next level is nutrigenomics or genetics, which is how the nutrition that you consume not only feeds the body and gives um, for body building and energy, but those nutrients talk to your genes and turn them on or off. So we know that exercise, which is epigenetics, can turn on 75% of healing genes. That's a science article from, you know, I can't name the science article, but I read it, you know, probably 10 years ago, maybe, maybe less, I can't remember. So we know that. We now know that food talks to your genes. And now this new science of metagenomics or genetics is the metabolite of the microbe can talk to your genes. So the metabolite being what do they make? Do they make short-chain fatty acids? Do they make um, uh, chiromycin, which chiromycin, I think it's called, which makes enterobactin, which helps carry your iron. Um, it, it makes your aromatic amino acids, which makes is the precursor for your body to make serotonin and dopamine. So those will speak not only to your nervous system, but they'll speak to your DNA as well because it has to speak to your DNA because what it does via enzymes is it speaks to your DNA to make it, you know the the foods um, or the the um, what am I trying to think the biochemical um, components that you need so metagenomics is a new study that's coming out um, what else does it make it makes folic acid it makes B vitamins these all talk to your genes so these are your bugs. <laughs> This yeah. is amazing. I'm just googling this now. <laughs> Metagenomics. It's yeah. um, it's it's quite a uh, quite amazing. Um, so people they... who so people who have like a like for me, I take a vitamin B supplement because if I don't take it, I feel it. Um, and I take a a blue spirulina, which is a really beautiful um, 
it's like for me it feels like a power boost for my iron and my vitamin b and all of that sort of stuff but if i don't take those things i really feel it like i know I'm t- i feel tired i feel moody i feel all those sorts of things so what you're saying is the metabolites of the bugs yep so what they poop out or they make or they make or they make you know so um you got to think they're making aromatic amino acids for them. They're not making them for us. But it's just that we live in this amazing symbiotic world with them that they also supply us with their aromatic amino acids, um, mm-hmm. which is tryptophan, phenylalanine, and tyrosine, which are our precursors for serotonin, dopamine, and noradrenaline. Yeah. They make our B vitamins, but they make them for themselves. But we then, you know... Benefit from them. Yeah. If you can... If, you know, we've we've known this for a long time that bugs make, uh, you know, and it could be uh, fungi, it could be bacteria, it could be a virus, it could be um, a parasite. They they make things for themselves, and yes, they they also um, have um, I, I, yeah, I guess stuff that is toxic um, because they have to get rid of it, and then we have to deal with that, and that's when it can cause a problem as well. So that will then be speaking to your genetics, not in a good way but in a bad way, and to your body because you've got these toxins that you're not eliminating. So they make, make an aldehyde like acetylaldehyde and you'll always feel a little bit drunk all the time and that means you've got bugs that are making acetylaldehyde. Or if you drink one drink of alcohol, it feels like you've drunk 50 drinks because yeah. you're drunk immediately because you're just topping up the alcohol that's in your system. So we know, and we've known for a long time that they do this, and there are specific bugs that make specific things. They're very good at understanding Escherichia coli, E. coli, which is in our gut, but it's also everywhere. And they're genetically modifying E. coli to produce metabolites like tryptophan. You know? Oh. Yeah. So they genetically modify it because they want to produce more tryptophan or they might want to produce a ketone or they might want to produce um, a vitamin of some sort. So many people don't realise that, not all, but there are more and more coming on the market, um, like supplements are being made by genetically modified bugs. Oh, bloody hell. Now, is that good or bad? I don't know, but I'm not playing with it. Well, something because we know that I, I, I think it was the 90s. Tryptophan was made by a Japanese company um, using a genetically modified bug, and this genetically modified bug re, re also not only produced the tryptophan, but also produced a toxin. They then bound that tryptophan with that toxin, not knowing that toxin was there, into a supplement. And I believe it killed around 100 people (gasps) before they figured it out and picked it up. Now, they have now, because of that, um, tryptophan is banned in Australia, Um, but they do also have um, different ways of making sure those toxins aren't there. So they identify that and they'll purify, you know, do whatever chemical process they have to do in order to get rid of it so that tryptophan's by itself. But am I prepared to take Keto OS, which is made by genetically modified Escherichia coli with a a bacteria 
that I can't remember the name of and I, I can look it up but I can't remember the name of it. Am, am I prepared to take that without fully understanding what it's doing to me or future generations or to my microbiome, which then in turn plays havoc with the metabolites, which then in turn um, affects the immune system, the uh, enteric nervous system, the vagus nerve and your brain. Everything. We're so complicated. Like I I really do think, who thought of us? (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting because I was looking at, I was putting something together earlier I had to write an article for somebody and I just decided to do it on water and um, I'm writing about water and the messages in water and all this but that Miyasaro Miyamato or whatever that was and and I thought to myself hang on a minute we know that we need water we look at water and we say that that's water but what water does no one has a clue like what it actually does and how it does it no one has a clue like we can say it's H2O, we can say what it's made up of, blah, 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 blah. But how does it animate life? And how does it sustain life? How specifically? Mm. And it, it, everything is complex. Everything is so complicated that to try and break anything down is almost impossible because you're looking for the innate intelligence in it as well then. You know, like so where do the bugs come from? Why do we even have the bugs? Why, why make that the system that runs the body? Like who invented bugs being the system that runs the body? Who invented that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just sitting here thinking to myself though, like if we wanted to try and do something for ourselves in terms of, um, I don't know, being populating our guts with as many bugs as we possibly can, what's, What's still the best option for doing that if one's not quite ready to do a fecal transplant? (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I think it depends on the individual. So if I see an individual who's on the SAD diet, Mm -hmm. so that's the standard Australian diet of the low-fat, high-carb, highly processed um, foods that... uh, a new French study has just come out and said that we know it causes obesity, but we actually now think they cause cancer, but more study needs to be done. So these are these highly processed foods um, that have got additives, preservatives, flavorings, binders, fillers, and all of that. So if I see someone on something like that, I will just try and get them onto a real food diet. Like I said, I, my, my message has never changed. Just get off the sad diet and get on the you know, a real food diet, organic as much as possible. Let's start there. Then if that's not working, then we have to dig deeper. We have to find out what what is actually happening. So if you're on the sad diet, then do, you know, we've got a real food reset now, start the real food reset. If you're on a good diet and you are having issues, then we need to go deeper. Um, And that's when, you know, I send people to Sheridan, our beautiful nutritionist, who is an absolute specialist on gut health, or to Jordan, um, who's, they're both GAPS practitioners, um, Kirsty Marshall, that's Kirsty Marshall, Kirsty Worth, I don't know where I got Kirsty, oh, Kirsty Marshall was a snow person. Oh, <laughs> it was in the Olympics, uh, the Olympics have been on. Anyway, Kirsty Worth, um, you know, and her cultured wellness. So start getting fermented foods in. Those broths are really important um, for increasing bacteroides variety and um, diversity. So, you know, we start, we start 
slow if we have to, but if we're in a really bad way, then we have to dig deep. Um, and the way we dig deep is that we have to, first of all, eliminate foods, get rid of um, the foods that are causing the problem then and any parasites or any problems that you have in there. Then it's about um, mending the, the gut lining, um, repopulating, uh, you know, giving nutrition to the body and then revising what's working and what's not. So... I believe 37 years ago when I started, it was easy. We just got them off breakfast cereals, margarine, modified milks, um, pasta, plastic cheese, you know, we just off lean cuisine and healthy choice as they call it. Um, yeah. I just get people off that and I put them on real food and they improved. But I'm not seeing that anymore. I think we are, have a generational issue with the gut microbes, um, and our food is worse, um, we're being completely blindsided by food manufacturers in believing that they're making healthy foods for us. Or, and I heard somebody say, but the government wouldn't allow that. Yeah, <laughs> I went, oh, thank, what, you, you believe the government? <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah, and you, you've got to educate yourself. Um, as you do all the time, Karen, I never see you not educating yourself. You have to educate yourself, figure out um, what is your best move, go to somebody who knows what they're doing, ask for help. Um, you know, GAPS is wonderful. Kirsty's program is wonderful. Um, or just the Real Food Reset that we do at Changing Habits um, gets you off bad food. So it depends on the individual, where they are, how bad they are, um, what they're eating. I, you know, there's a lot of questions that I have to ask before I can say exactly. But there, there's a, a kind of summary of what I could possibly do. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say, you know, things have changed and times have changed. I'm just thinking about another conversation that we had about sleep and snoring and I'm thinking about um, a friend of mine who's got a little boy who's, you know, struggling with... Um, anger and really just blowing his top and he's just a little kid he's just a little kid and they've been beside themselves for the last two years with him absolutely beside themselves so now they're you know they're trying to change their parenting style to support him and they've seen kinesiologists and psychologists and psychiatrists and he's been on medication and off medication and you know i and and it's interesting because i i i see how hard the parents are trying to support this little kid um, and I just, now that we've spoken about what we have here today, I just wonder how many parents are missing this link because it's, I mean, granted it's only new knowledge, but it's, it's, it's an important link to investigate I rather than thinking you're a bad parent. You know, it, it could very well just be a, 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 an imbalance there. Well, Dr. Bart talked about anger, um, yeah. And anger, when he saw bugs doing a certain thing, he said, you'll be angry, have a short temper, um, wow. be intolerant. Um, yeah, look, it, it's amazing. I don't know if you've seen The Magic Pill by Pete Evans, um, but in The Magic Pill there's a little girl and she is jumping off the walls basically. She's ping-ponging herself everywhere and she's on, I think, nuggets. Chicken nuggets. 
And all Pete does is take her off the chicken nuggets. Well, Pete doesn't do it. There's a nutritionist that does it. and It's in America. They take them off the chicken nuggets and in six weeks her face has changed. She hasn't got this angst and anger about her. She's Mm. actually, it's it's phenomenal what happens to her face. Um, And... And she's not bouncing off the walls anymore. And, you know, she's a far better human being. So if this young boy that you know Mm. has, you know, anger issues, it's often an imbalance of his microbiome that could be part of um, the, the issue, you know, because... I think you have to look at everything. You just can't look at... I was going to say, it's a holistic approach. Yes, a holistic approach. Yeah, exactly. You can't just look at the gut to the brain. You've got to look at the brain to the gut as well. So it is maybe looking at parenting and how do we get into sleep that he... And sleeping is really important and sunshine and movement and getting him off screen time and And how old this kid is. But these are all important things that we've got to do in order to bring balance back to the microbiome and, um, you know, that that have that beautiful gut-brain access working where messages are are going both ways um, and they're helping each other as opposed to hindering each other. Amazing, Cindy. Amazing podcast. Mm. Seriously. We weren't going there, were we, Karen? No, we weren't, but we knew. We knew before we even started this could go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think it's been an amazing, an amazing podcast and I've probably got more questions that I'm going to go ahead and continue researching when we get off this call because I think that, you know, just as you've been speaking, I've been thinking of all of the little people that I know Mm. And a few of them, unfortunately, the parents don't want to look that far so that then they start to discipline the behaviour mm-hmm. and so that the child is just constantly being disciplined and they don't understand that there's more than that. It's not just that the kid's a bad kid. Because, you, know, you know, I honestly don't believe there's any such thing that a kid is a bad kid. Nobody's born a bad kid, you know. So I think that there's just so many different people now that I'm just thinking off the top of my head who's, parents that you know the parents are putting themselves through so much hell where if they wanted to is part of them supporting themselves with food just as a place to start is to do your reset and then to get onto Kirsty Worth's um kefirs and yogurts as a place to start would you think yeah and and my probiotics work well and my colloidal minerals give them the minerals that they need and yeah but there's so many like there's so many avenues we can go down um but Kirsty's cultures are good especially her coconut water which she now you can do with apple juice yes yeah, kids love it it's like a fizzy drink so you know they actually like it and then i use my probiotics which are a different strain of bugs not just you know like we look at all different strains of bugs yeah. um, that i put you know into a a smoothie for them you know and they love their smoothies so i yeah there that would be the best place to start i would think is is just get off there and you know i remember in the 80s writing um, about ADD and ADHD because they were the things that were a problem in the 80s because this is when colours and flavours and, mm. and all of those things came into our diet and we knew 
there were, there were, it was science that there were colours and there were azo dyes that was causing hyperactivity in children. Take the kids off these colours and they were fine. So we've known this a long time. <laughs> it's just that for some reason medicine is just catching on that nutrition is, is so important. Like I was talking to a medical doctor that was at our conference over the weekend at the, the wellness boot camp and she's yeah. a good friend of mine and before we even started the, the, the day, we were having a chat and, I don't know, I said something about um, this doctor in um, the Sunshine Coast at the moment who is thinking outside the square. He's a gastroenterologist. He's thinking outside the square with diet. Um, and I was going to his talk. And then she looks at me and she says, yes, the microbiome and um, gut health is all the rage at the moment, Cindy. And I went, well, that's a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's about bloody time. <laughs> it's good. Wow. Well, I've loved today's podcast. It's been an absolute trip, an absolute trip, a brilliant, brilliant show, like a brilliant, brilliant show. Just because I think you've really distilled things down into a very simple process but also, you know, put so many... Um, pieces of the puzzle together today by what you've learned from Dr. Butt, Henry. <laughs> and I, but I, and I, think that that's, I think that's amazing. For all of our listeners, yeah, I'm probably falling over my words right now because my brain is just ticking over with so many ideas. So for all of our listeners, if you guys have got any questions about this or thoughts about what this podcast has been about, I really, really want to encourage you guys to go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and post your questions and your comments right there. You know, we may not be able to get to everybody, but if we can get a general theme of questions that you guys have for us on this particular topic of the gut-brain connection um, and whether the brain, you know, the order in which the body's being affected is it the brain to the gut or the gut to the brain, I think all of that is such a massive, massive question that, we have to explore. We can't leave that. So any questions you guys have got there, we'll go through them and um, put a thread together and, and see what we can do to give you guys some answers. I've also popped up onto the Facebook page. We've had a couple of people already join our book club, which is kind of fun. Oh, cool. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. That's really cool. So go ahead and join the book club. You're going to see the link. It's going to be sitting just underneath this podcast. So you'll see that there. Join. It's called the, or if you want to have a look for it, it's called the Up For A Chat Book Club on Facebook. Exactly. And um, that's where you can join us and, and post comments and reviews and photos of your favorite books so that you, we all can kind of um, write on your coattails. If I see something fabulous that you guys have read, I'm going to read it too. So go ahead and do that. And you can also post your comments and your questions at all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. So thank you, my Cindy, my darling friend. Thank you for today's podcast. You've been an absolute champion as always. And I've enjoyed talking with you. It's been amazing, actually. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. You've made my day. Mine too. <laughs> all right, Chicken. We'll enjoy your time tomorrow on TV. We're going to keep an eye out for you. Um, you're just going to be an absolute rock star. Absolute rock star. Thank you. <laughs> all right, my love. Well, we'll see all of you guys next week, same time, same station, right here on Up For A Chat, where you become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. And don't forget, we are going to see you on the hike. We've got New Zealand <clears throat> next year 
and we in 2019, sorry, 2019, we've got New Zealand, 2020, we have Europe. If you've got any inquiries on that, before I sign off, info at karensmith.com. We are getting the information through in terms of the itineraries and the pricing. So make sure that you send me an inquiry so that you can be on our expressions of interest list because those positions are going to fill fast. So we're going to see you here next week, guys. Have fun. Enjoy. Take care of each other and take care of yourselves. Bye, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.